a megachurch in Ohio known as Crossroads Church continued their yearly celebration of the Super Bowl as they take part in a service that sings songs by their worship team covering the songs of ACDC, Usher, and Miley Cyrus, and even use the Bible as a prop to kick off the stage. Stay with us as we look at these and other stories on the 511 News. Welcome back to the 511 News. I'm your host, Chad Davidson of Good Fight Ministries. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about Crossroads Church and their celebration of the Super Bowl in which they depict a woman pastor kicking the Bible off the stage, which I guess would be indicative of it never actually being there, truly. But nonetheless, uh, before you we get into that, we would love for you to like this video as well as subscribe to the Good Fight Ministries YouTube channel. And if you feel so loved, leave a five-star review if you're listening to this via podcast. All of those things that we ask are just to help get the messages out first and so you don't miss when we come out with usually two to three videos every single week here on the YouTube channel. So without any further ado, yes, Crossroads Church in Ohio has staged one of the more ridiculous, I would say, (laughs) ridiculous, uh, I I mean, it rivals the Church of the Everglades and some of the stuff they've done with Lady Gaga music and so forth, and even Andy Stanley with his uh, ACDC and Led Zeppelin covers and so forth. And she's buying the stairway to heaven. Why did we do that? Here's why we did that. Because... We have to let the band get things out of their system every once in a while just so they'll play the songs we need them to play. It's kind of sad, and we have an episode you can check out uh, where we detail a number of churches that do exactly what the Bible describes as singing the songs of fools. And we don't think that should be done at all, especially when people are coming together on the Lord's Day. But when it comes to this church, Crossroads Church, which... I mean, this is a 40,000-person church. This is a church that has a number of other outlets by which people are watching via video the teachings of the pastor there. And when you see this clip, I hope it bothers you as much as it bothered me. And first, we'll start with the music. And I'm going to bring Pastor Joe on a little bit later to talk about some of these songs that you might be hearing here and some you might not know too much about and some of the theatrics involved in this service celebrating the Super Bowl more than Jesus. Peace up, A-Town down. Yeah! Let's go! Okay! Okay! Usher! Usher! Let's go! Yeah! Shorty got down low, said come and get me. Y'all make some noise now! Now you see these songs that are being played, and as I said, we'll be talking further um, about some of the lyrics that are contained in songs like they switched over to Reffing Ball from Wrecking Ball or songs like Thunderstruck, or even the song by Usher, obviously playing homage to the recent halftime performance. And if you haven't seen our latest video on Usher's halftime performance and really 
Usher's lifestyle. You can check that out in a link in the description. But before we get into that, we also need to recognize something that they were doing. They they had this scenario where they were having their pastors, and I don't believe they're biblically pastors because they would have to follow the qualifications found in 1 Timothy 3 and Titus 1, specifically 5 through 9. But uh, because neither of them meet that, and specifically here, they are supposedly having a preaching contest back and forth. And at one point, they're supposed to kick off the Bible. And watch what happens here. Call it in the air. Tails what I'll be kicking. It, uh, yeah, let's just go with tails. Would you like to kick or receive the Bible? I will receive. Tome wins the toss, chooses to receive the Bible. Patterson back with the kick. Oh my goodness! Is that a touchback? Now you might be able to tell me that that Bible, that that woman pastor, and if you're listening via podcast, I am trying to give that quotations because there's no such thing as a female pastor. And you might wonder if there was maybe 1 Timothy 2, 1 Corinthians 14 written on that Bible that she was kicking off the stage. But it does seem like they've kicked the Bible off the stage there, which is why they allow themselves these theatrics. And one of the things that breaks my heart, and I had talked with Pastor Joe about this previously, and this was more to do with some of the churches where their entire I guess, identity, specifically during 2020, was that they were rebellious. And so, so many people are coming to their church because they wanted to show we're rebellious against the government or whatever it may be. And don't get me wrong, the government overstepped some bounds and did things that kept churches closed and was very unbiblical. But when that is your only shtick and you're not actually getting people deeply ingrained in the Word of God and caring to to know Christ through His Word— uh, eventually that shtick, it becomes boring. I, I don't think a lot of those churches that got full necessarily are staying full for those reasons because people love being behind a cause. And once that cause is done, it's hard to kind of keep them in the doors. And when you are giving off this sort of nonsense in your congregation, when you are having to do these theatrical displays of grandeur, then you're going to have to keep doing that. You're going to have to keep doing it even better and bigger and stronger and all of these presentations. And ultimately, what are they coming there for? Not to grow in Christ and to grow in love and good deeds, but to see the next joke or illustration or great video or secular music played. And I'll say this, every year I used to, with my wrestlers, if I had guys that were good enough, I would take them out to Virginia. And when we would go out there, we would always try to find a church to visit that wasn't our home church back here in Simi Valley at Blessed Hope Chapel. And so when we would do that, you know, we just kind of Google and say, let's go to the nearest church uh, because we have that Sunday off from wrestling and our flight isn't until later that night. So let's go check it out. And I remember one specific one when we got in there in the background, as soon as you walk in, they're playing Coldplay. Like, not worship music, not getting people excited, or even announcements about what's going on in the church, but they're like, let's play some Coldplay in the background. And a couple of thoughts came to my head, in all honesty. One, what is the point of this? Like, why why are you doing this? This just seems ridiculous. Number two, I was trying to put myself into perspective as a non-believer walking into a church for the first time, because obviously this isn't for the Christians to be edified. And I was thinking to myself, 
Who on earth comes to a church and goes, oh, well, now I feel welcome because they're playing Coldplay? So not only is it just ridiculous, it's embarrassing, to be honest with you. And this sort of game of playing everything for the goats and not for the sheep is dangerous. And one of the things that I think is important to point out here, because their claim, and I want to read this, their claim from their website is this on the the hills to die on. They say this, quote, we don't expect anyone who walks into crossroads to be a committed Christ follower. Then he goes on to say, we expect them to grow. Now that's a big problem because the entire point of the gathering together is a gathering together of believers on the Lord's day as we come together to worship, to dedicate ourselves to the scriptures and the apostles teaching and the breaking of bread and to do so is for the edification of the body of Christ. Now, I like to put it in this perspective. If I am lifting weights and I am working on a bench press, the primary goal is for my chest to get stronger. Stronger. There are secondary muscles that are in play, like my biceps are in play, my triceps when I fully extend are in play, but that is not the primary goal. I am trying to make sure my chest is getting a workout. My biceps and triceps just happen to get worked out. In the same way, when you are going to be in fellowship, one with another, under the leadership, according to Hebrews chapter 13, in terms of making sure that you are submitting to the leadership of the church and so forth, when you are doing that, the primary reason is so that the body of Christ would be edified and encouraged to love and good deeds so that they would not be tossed to and fro by everyone to doctrine. But there is also, in 1 Corinthians, it talks about when non-believers come, So there is also a secondary that people come and hear the gospel presented, especially at the pinnacle of the service when we're partaking of communion and being reminded of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ that they get to hear the gospel. But we are also reminded of it as believers because we're supposed to hold fast, according to 1 Corinthians 15, the gospel until the end. And so... Yes, primary reason for church is not, oh, we don't expect anyone to be believers. Then what are you doing? If you want to do an evangelical outreach, go do that. But that's not the primary reason for the meeting of the saints, the gathering of the fellowship together, according to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. And it's really important for us to understand that. And I think it's a really good time as well, you know, being alongside uh, Pastor Joe over these years, being an elder now and him pastoring a church for a number of years. I want to bring him on not only to talk about the primary purpose of church, as we've already discussed, but also some of the music that's being played and why this is not something that should be normative in the Christian church. Joe, I I had to bring you on in here. I told them I was going to because, you know, when we're looking at this, I think before we can get into some of the just practical biblical principles alongside scripture that we want to talk about, when you see somebody using the Bible as a prop, and then, I mean, she she could try out for a Canadian football team or something because she kicked that thing pretty good. But to see someone kicking the Bible off the stage as a part of this whole thing, I mean, what, what's your reaction when you see something like that? Well, if you're ever using the Bible as a prop, it's, it, if it's used to magnify the Word of God and glorify God in some way, that'd be one thing. But to punt it, I mean, Chad, what happens when you punt in football? You're basically giving up and you're giving the other team the ball. Uh, you know, it's just the, the replica of, you know, pigskin, the Bible being represented by that. And literally, bro, I got, t- when I first saw that, I, I literally 
got brought me tears. I wasn't bawling, but I got tears. I, I got tears because I thought, man, this is God's love letter to us. Mm-hmm. This is the word of God. And it just grieved my heart. I was like, how could you guys do that and, and claim to be a church? Uh, usually when you associate feet with the word of God and hitting or trampling underfoot the word of God, trampling underfoot the blood of Christ. It's just to associate booting the Bible. I thought, do these people have no fear of God? Do they not recognize? I mean, think about this, man. Psalm 138 verse two says that God elevates his word. He esteems his word and his name higher than everything else. So you're taking his word, which is supposed, to, which he esteems higher than everything else. It's a reflection of his heart, who he is. It's his word. Uh, it's his love letter of the redemption that comes through Christ. And you make a mockery of it so you can get attention and you and you boot it with your foot. Uh, kick it. You're kicking what's supposed to be the Bible. That is wicked. And, you know, Isaiah 66 verse 2 says, who's, who, who, is it to, who are the ones that the Lord looks to? You know who he looks to? Does he look to you with favor? He says he looks to those who fear and tremble at his word. Do we fear and tremble at his word? I know you do, Chad. I know I do. I know the good fight team does. I know people in our fellowship fear and tremble at his word. Uh, but uh, nobody that really loves his word and fears him and, and fears and trembles his word is going to make a mockery of it and kick it. So that's absolutely disgusting. And we know this was going to happen. And we know these things would happen because the word of God would be basically left behind because as you know, Second Timothy uh, chapter 4, Paul says in light of Christ's coming to judge the quick and the dead, he says to preach the word in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with the word. For the time will come when they won't heed sound doctrine, but after their own desires, their own lust, they'll themselves teachers who will tickle their ears and tell them what they want to hear. So you're not only going to have leaders doing these things, as you mentioned in the introduction, that there's going to be these leaders uh, that that are making a mockery and, and put all this money into production, uh, and it's to be seen of men. And the, you said before the show started, we were talking, you're like, how could they be spending time in the Word of God? You know, we have to spend a lot of time in the Word of God. We're talking about sometimes we'll go over a passage over a hundred times, you know, to, to, to share the Word of God. You'll do that even when you're ministering to the youth, right? Oftentimes. So, that's heartbreaking, and the scriptures say this would happen. And it's scary, Chad, because the time will come uh, when they won't heat sound doctrine. Uh, see Spurgeon, who we don't always agree with, you know, but he made a statement which I thought was very interesting, kind of a prophetic kind of statement in regard to, uh, he said, the time will come when you'll no longer have the shepherds feeding the sheep, but you'll have clowns entertaining the goats. And so Paul says you'll have these people that want their ears to be tickled, so the problem isn't just the teaching. That's horrible. The leaders, that's horrible. But you're also going to have an audience that can care less about really getting into the Word of God and fearing Him and loving Him. And you've got churches or circuses now with entertainers entertaining goats. I'm not saying everybody there is a goat, but if any of you go there and you love Jesus, man, don't walk, run to the next exit, man, and find a church where they actually fear and love the Lord. And it's serious because the Bible says, you know, Chad, teachers will incur a stricter judgment, James 3.1 or they'll have greater condemnation. So many of you or many of you should not seek to be teachers as this because of that fact. Amen. And, you know, it's really interesting because you hit on a number of the things that were on my heart as well. I actually thought a lot about that Spurgeon quote because it, it was uh, pretty prophetic. And, you know, one of the goals of this show is these are the things we're actually talking about. When we see this and we do see that production, that's the thing we bring up to one another. Like, Man, with how much time you spend in the Word of God, who has time yeah. to sit through production meetings about, hey, who's going to have the lightsaber and who's going to, you know, jump off of this and who's going to jump off? Of it's an embarrassment. Keep going, bro. Preach it, man. Why, why did the apostles in Acts chapter, was it, six? 
Why did they have to appoint deacons? Oh, to, because there wasn't enough time. <laughs> they had to give themselves to what? <laughs> they had to give themselves to addressing the word of God for yeah. the concerns, especially for the, the widows. Yep. And, you know, that's why the deacons get made there. And they're literally made there because they don't have time to wash tables. And that's what it says. In Acts or to make six. all these props and you know, <laughs> to make all these kick props. footballs in the name of you know that are make sure make sure you have your favorite football team's jersey on and all this stuff. it's just it's such an embarrassment and and sadly enough I don't even know and no maybe not I think kicking the word of God off your stage which it probably has never been there uh, truly in terms of actually caring about it in the and you're saying that may be the, the one time they actually have the Bible on the stage <laughs> yeah interesting you know and you mentioned I love that you mentioned Psalm 138 I was thinking of Job 23 12 I esteemed your word greater than my necessary food amen bro and it's like give me a break Jesus said man doesn't live on bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God and that was when he was coming against the enemy amen bro and yet they are welcoming the enemy not only there but now he has his church singing the songs of fools. We we talked about, and I'll say this: we won't even. There's no need to expose "Wrecking Ball" by 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 Miley Cyrus because it's half pornography. Yeah. I mean, if you're watching that, you're gonna need to repent right now. Yeah. And you have a guy going up there playing this song and call it because he's the ref. Act like a refing ball on a ball, and you're like. Give me a break. And then you have them singing the song from Usher, one of which, which was the the highlight of the Super Bowl when he sang, yeah, alongside uh, Lil John and, and so forth. And then you also have Thunderstruck has been played there yeah. at their church to their congregation. And this is what the congregation is meditating on. This is what they are hearing in, in supposed to, what is supposed to be a house of worship. They come together to sing to the Lord that they offer up a sacrifice. Hebrews 13 there's no longer a sacrifice. Yes, there is. There is a sacrifice that remains. Guess what that sacrifice is? That the fruit of our lift gives gives thanks to his name as we offer a sacrifice of praise to Hebrews our God. 13, yeah. And this is what they offered as a sacrifice of praise. Just, I think people need to know a little bit of the background, why it's so serious not to sing such filth. Yeah, and it, it's interesting, Chad, you mentioned that because Miley Cyrus is a full-blown narcissist, you know, uh, very anti uh, the biblical God and the morals in the scripture. And like you said, we don't really need to go through her stuff. I mean, we've exposed Miley Cyrus. We've exposed ACDC, which sings about hell's bells and taking you to hell, basically, and, and you know, ringing their bell and how Satan has put, you know, them in a rocking band and, and Satan going to get you, get you. And you're playing that at church. You're playing songs that are anthems for the glory of the enemy uh, that actually will encourage people to check out that music more or give them, the, you know, people that will say, no, I'm not into that. That's wrong. They see the pastors doing that and glorifying that. All of a sudden, guess what? Well, the pastor, man, you know, I had a person, uh, you know, real quick story. Uh, a gal in the fellowship was seeing another guy from another church, and uh, he cussed a lot. She was saying, it's tough because he has really bad language. And then she went to his church, and the pastor was cussing. And then she said, well, you know what? He said, well, see, the pastor said, see, if he can do it, why can't I do it? Yeah. And these are just, you know, their slogan is anything short of sin is up for grabs. And so that's when you play, you know, our heart shouldn't be like, how close can I get to sinning? Heart should be, how can I more glorify Jesus, man, and live for him? That's the heart of a genuine believer garments, that loves God. Hate the garments of flesh, even Amen. the garments of sin. Like, give me a break. 
And Joe, it really bothers me. And I, I think people don't even realize what that song, Yeah, is about. And they're singing it. And yeah. you just exposed this uh, on the, our recent video on the Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, instead of celebrating well, the halftime show, it was being exposed, which, man, I feel like there's a verse that has something to do with that. You know, like if <laughs> like the show might be named after that. <laughs> <laughs> have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness to rather expose them. So Joe, maybe give them a little bit about what that song really about, because I don't think people really know what that song's about. Yeah, the song, yeah, is really about, you know, being promiscuous, being sexually, you know, unfaithful, uh, pursuing a woman uh, that's in the street, you know, like a street woman, and bring her into bed and how she's a freak in bed. And it's all about sexual sin and sexual promiscuity which a lot of us your songs are about that chad and we document in our if you haven't seen it you need to see it guys you need to share it with others because super bowl just happened and in our in our video did usher sell his soul for the super bowl uh the occult practices and everything in this sexual perversion associated with usher which you don't have time to get into but you guys instead of saying hey stay away from this they're basically opening up their their church saying hey this stuff is okay you know this stuff anything anything goes pretty much as long as you feel it's not sin well, guess what? We're also also supposed to stay away from things that aren't necessarily sin, but can cause a brother to stumble, Paul says. For, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 8, uh, Romans chapter 12, Jesus warned about causing your brother to stumble in Matthew chapter 18. So there's a lot more to the picture than meets the eye. And, you know, when I think about it, you know, when when you look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and remember, this is written to an, to a young church. And when he says, what is God's will for your life? It's your sanctification. Yeah. And, and I think people don't realize that. it goes on that. to say that you might abstain or that you from may abstain sexual, from sexual immorality, immorality right? Exactly. And you have people, instead of abstaining from sexual immorality, instead instead of fleeing useful lust, you have people meditating. And and sadly enough, yeah. this is that, these are the songs of my generation. You know, when I was not saved and going, you know, to clubs or, or going to, you know, even prom dances and so forth, these were the songs of our generation, right, yeah. you know, and... And, and it's so interesting to watch them go up there and to have three songs. And, and it really just occurred to me to have three songs that are more, you know, ACDC, more your generation. Then you have Usher, more my generation. And then now you have for the younger crowd, Miley Cyrus. And you, let's connect all of these tissues and not to have anything to do with actually mm. the gospel. And here's the thing that bothers me. Yeah, so you're saying that's not no. worship, bro? No, no, it's worship. It's just yeah, not, a, not in the wrong direction. God. That's right. Yeah, it's. It's the it's what was going on in Corinth prior to they became such were some of you and and you even in the concert at the halftime show you have Usher up there groping a married woman dressed in yeah. red as he's dressed in white yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah, it's interesting some of the parallels but you have him groping somebody a married woman up there which half his songs are about cheating on this person and finding yeah. another this guy or this girl and it's it's grotesque and and, and it brings me back to this because this is all about a wicked, disgusting display of pagan idolatrous worship claiming Amen. to be a church. And it breaks my heart. And I think people, and I've talked a little bit about this, but this is what I, I would love to end on. Because Joe, being a pastor for how long you've been a pastor and and knowing the love you have for the congregation and wanting to share with them the truth and also for those outsiders, especially because the Bible tells the pastors Guess what we have to do? Not just the work of the pastor, but do the work of an evangelist as well. Amen. So being an evangelist as well is very important. That doesn't mean we need to, you know, have lightsabers and hand out these and 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 whatnot, but actually go and share the gospel with people. So Joe, I, I say this: 
what on earth, you know, if this is what they think church is about, what is it really about? And how can we get a message across to maybe somebody that's listening like, well, I don't see anything wrong with that. How can we get a message across to them? Hey, not only you need to repent, but for those who don't know Christ, you need to turn to Christ. Yeah, uh, fellowship should be a place where people hear the Word of God, which brings them under the conviction of the Holy Spirit, where the Lord Jesus Christ is exalted, where He's glorified, where we understand that we're created to worship, where we understand the gospel and how we're saved, and that redounds to God's glory and praise and worship, where we're separate from the evils of the world. And Chad, one of our verses in our fellowship, uh, and it's in our you know statement of faith, and or it should say our bylaws, we begin with Acts 2.42, which defines the simplicity of, of what the church ought to be, and which is really profound when you look at it. And it says, that, and verse 30, 43 as well, and they continued in the apostles' doctrine, it says. starts with the word of God and in fellowship and in prayer and in the breaking of bread. And it says in verse 43, it goes, and they all had a sense of awe. Church should be a place you go to where you're in a sense of awe of God, not of the pastors and, and the props and, and the, the secular music, man. You should be going there and being convicted and encouraged and strengthened. And for non-believers, it says in 1 Corinthians 14, that when they hear the word of God, they'll fall on their face and say, God is surely, surely in your midst. You're not going to that circus and saying, whoa, I fear God, man. I need to get right with God. He's in their midst. You know, you're saying, wow, you're just laughing at the, and you're actually, it's kind of silly humor, by the way. It's like, if I want to get entertained, man, and I'm going to go that route, I ain't, I'm not going to that church. Okay, but if I want to go to church, I'm certainly not going, certainly not going to that fellowship. And praise the Lord. Find a fellowship, right, Chad, where people fear the Lord, where they love the Lord, where Jesus Christ is honored and exalted and Bibles aren't being punted. Amen. And we thank you guys so much for joining us. This has been Joe Schimmel and Chad Davidson, and this is the 511 News. Love you guys. The 511 News with Chad Davidson has been brought to you by Good Fight Ministries, bringing you news and commentary from a Christian perspective. This show can be heard every Friday wherever podcast shows are available or visit 511news.org. Thank you for joining us and we look forward to being with you next week on the 511 News.